down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode 161 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name, as always, is Adam Camilleri. I am joined by the... Uh, the artist formerly known as Scary the Archon, now to be uh, you know known and hailed as a high overlord of I don't know, great the greater Toronto sphere. <laughs> uh, I'll have you know that I'm just now known as the Overlord. I've been slumbering for a millennia, and I have awoken. And I guess that works for both factions. It kind of does. And- yeah, kind of does. Yep. Uh, drawing power from pain whilst in his uh, meadow exoskeleton. I guess I don't know. Yeah, there is no pain. It's just all Windows 95, which can be <laughs> that pain. That is pain. I think you just described a great <laughs> amount of power from pain right there, uh, for those of us who remember those days. Uh, but yes, Mr. Bridvan Martinez, Scari from Scardcast and various other means and medias has joined us for this Drakari Index review. We're going back to Ooh, it. Took a, took a week off to do the uh, Polish WTC uh, journey breakdown and just a bit of a recap of the greatest, most bestest event of all time. And in Yep. Uh, but now we're back to pumping out the reviews. And uh, we should be, I mean, the grapevine and the, the rumor mill is churning, saying that we could have codexes uh, dropping pretty soon. So hopefully we'll have the first of those coming sooner rather than later. But we've still got plenty of freaking indexes to do, mate. So thank you very much for coming on and helping me do another. Feel free to tell people where they can find the scary goodness if they do enjoy your dulcet tones at the end of this. Absolutely. Well, they'll have to be here at the end. And if they're at the end still listening, then maybe they'll be appreciative of uh, where to find me in future episodes or for future things. So um, you can go to the last few minutes of this game battle report thing. I'm just kidding. Um, No plugs yet. Let's talk index. Because honestly, we're in a position where it's the World Team Championships has happened. You know, the game's been out for, what, 10 weeks or so. Yep. And it, uh, we're, we live in a in perilous times. We really do. <laughs> Where the best Dark Eldar player in the world took Necrons to the World Championship. <laughs> so that'll tell you something about you know the faction itself. Now it's not all bleak, uh, so stick around because we've got some. We've got two episodes of just breaking stuff down, and this time there won't be any chain swords. I promise. Uh, but d- a lovely that you're hearkening back to some of your hot takes from uh, what the early ninth edition meta, <laughs> dude. Yeah, you just need more chainsaws. That's, what That's we, just how that works. That is a hell of a callback. That is a three-year-old callback right there. I appreciate your hustle, buddy. Uh, from the con- <laughs> content creator perspective, Innes Innes pulled it out on their like stat check. <laughs> Uh, stat check podcast. He's like, oh, you don't need, you just bring more chains. Yeah, it's like fine. It's just, fine. I, I love that it's still a thing. Uh, we are both Black <laughs> Templars players, and I can absolutely tell you that all they need to do is bring more chainsaws. Yes. 20 uh, auto cannons and chainsaws. Tw- That's all you need. Dude, 20 Primaris Crusaders uh, putting out 100 chainsaw attacks. Turns out, Bit of lethal hits. You can you can just go the distance in a lot of ways. They're so good. They are so good. They're so good. That is that is yeah. another review. Maybe maybe we'll have you on for the Templars review as well, mate. Because that'll be a bit of a, a bonding experience for us. I'll recite my vows on it. <sighs> Me too. Uh, but enough of this foreplay. Actually, a little bit more foreplay. <laughs> I do like my foreplay. Uh, Art of War Down Under is a two-part podcast. Uh, first part coming out leveling for you guys Tuesday morning, Eastern Standard Time, about 5 a.m. Thankfully edited by the lovely Seamus Ronan. Thank you very much, mate. He just celebrated his birthday. Say happy birthday in the comments to Seamus, please, very much. He's been a great assistant and great help to me in all my endeavors and many others, especially all of the Art of War content creations and podcasts. He has curated all of them from freaking day one. So he's an absolute champion of what we do here. Uh, but if you want the second part of this, which is going to be me and Scary answering a bunch of patron questions in addition to pontificating upon the Tactica and the uh, best things going for Drakari at the moment in 10th edition, you can find that over at Art of War Down Under, Art of War Down Under over on Patreon. Hope to see you there. Let us do this, my man. All right, first time you cracked and read through the Drakari Index when you first got it in your hot little hands, what was your impression? Uh, I felt they had one of the best faction rules. I agree. <laughs> In, okay. in the the game right now, power power from pain and pain tokens 
is a very powerful mechanic. Being able to pick and choose rerolls for hitting and shooting or combat. For anybody who doesn't know, you get a pool of, quote, pain tokens that you get to spend on your units. And if you use it in the movement phase, you get a reroll advance roll. If you use it in the shooting or fight phase, you just get reroll hit rolls. And if you use it in the charge phase, you get a reroll to a charge roll. So that was quite powerful. You know, not as powerful as picking a dice roll, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, fate dice, for example. However, it's it it changes the math in a game where like doing damage and sort of trading has become even more important and sort of like um, iconic of what tenth edition is. Like it's more like chess, where everything is just so wildly like crazy that you trade pieces almost guaranteed, almost right. It just really helps with that. Agreed. Um- so in saying that, we might as well break down Power from Pain a little bit uh, while we're going through it. So you generate a number of, and, and this is, Power from Pain is what I think of as one of the better or best, and I call these the internal resource mechanics uh, that some armies get, you know, Miracle Dice, Fate Dice, uh, Grudge Tokens, etc. These internal, um, everyone has, I guess, other resource mechanics like uh, uh, command points that we all universally get in the game, and then factions have their kind of own. Uh, pain Tokens is what you get from being Drakari, and you generate a number at the start of each, uh, is the start of each battle round, depending on how big your army is. That is uh, Drakari. Yeah, yep. so it's uh, Strike Force gives you three, so uh, at 2,000 points you get three to start. Yeah, apologies. Um, it's the start of the battle. You generate them, and then you have to generate the yes. rest of them by destroying units or battle shocking units. Correct. Correct. So you get uh, an additional pain token every time an enemy unit is destroyed, and you get an, a pain token every time an enemy unit fails a battle shock test. Now you also, with the detachment rule, which you get to get additional pain tokens based on having the different characters that are yep. representative of, say, a Dark Eldar real space raid, so a Camunculus, a Succubus, and an Archon. So you could start the game with up to six pain tokens, Yep. and then generate them, well, recycle them. We'll go through it, but you recite. There's, there's, there are mechanics involved that allow you to be more efficient with them, to get more, and essentially using them effectively and generating more of them becomes like an integral part of strategy yes. of the game of the yep. uh, the faction in order to kind of maximize what you can do with it so and then at the start of any phase you can expend one or more pain tokens from your pain token pool and each time you do um you get to either i mean if it's in the movement phase or charge phase you can re-roll advance and charge rolls uh for that unit advance or charge rolls rather and then if it's shooting or fighting you can re-roll the hit roll in either of those phases now you, we both agree this is one of the best army rules in the freaking game at the moment. I think only only Fate Dice blows this out of the water. There are a couple that are, are, are just are just as good or a little bit worse. Um, but <laughs> to me, this is actually a little bit too much. There is if if if, um, if early early on before like when when it was like early index and I was running like thirty five dark lances or something, like it it became very oppressive for people to play against. Well because it was it just it made them crazy efficient, right? And it was it felt very. And this was, of course, before like a lot of the terrain changes happened, where we started seeing more large line of sight blocking areas. And so, fifteen, you know, scourge and a bunch of like ravages would just never miss, right? Because they were just re-rolling everything, and you were just picking up entire armies. Well, that's exactly what it's felt like. So I've played against Drakari three times now, and it just felt like their army just had rerolls to hit. <laughs> the whole army, anytime something of significance was shooting, something of relevance, like something more than like five mandrakes or or five witches with pistols, anything more than that just had rerolls to hit. It's almost like army-wide all the time, never, never not going to have it. Because I think even the most basic like um, armies have three go straight up to five immediately at the start of the game, and then what you it's essentially it's a minimum of two to one. Every t- every two that you spend, you usually pick up a unit, and so and that's the worst return that I've seen. I've seen at times like a single ravager shoots a, a transport, picks it up. That's one for one. That's a pain token expended, a pain token gained. You you didn't your resources did not diminish. This is yep. phenomenally and strong. You add in like the Chronos, exactly. for example, yep. right? Which then like lets you regenerate them and things like that, right? So there's like there are ways that you that you're that it becomes a lot more efficient. Um, 
Yeah. It, it almost it almost sounds like a well-tuned Drakari army with a good general is just perma rerolster kit. <laughs> At least that's how yeah, it's felt. And and there's there's a lot of mechanics. Like it's very good. You know what I mean? And there's enhancements that you can use, and we'll get to that yeah, as we go through the index. But in terms of army rule, re-rolling things is fantastic. Absolutely. And right. being able to use it in any phase, such so your opponent's phases as well as yours. And you're only really using that in like the fight phase, yeah. really, because you don't really get to reroll hits in their shooting phase, you know. However, there are times where you want to empower a unit at the start of your opponent's shooting phase, mainly with uh, the Crucible Malediction enhancement. But that, uh, you know, that comes with like a very specific sort of like tech piece, right? Um, but being able to pick you know, a unit that's going to go into combat and be like, I don't want to use a command point because command points in tenth edition are very very valuable. Agreed. Right? Yeah. And unless you have a mechanic that gives you, like, stratagems for free, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, every single... it's So, like, even getting, like, re-rolls to charge, right, with and not having to spend a command point for it, and just being able to use a pain token for it, can be worth its waiting. Absolutely. Like, there's times where I put a pain token on a unit, and I'm literally, like, six inches away from my opponent for a charge. Because I'm like, I just need to make sure that I make that charge, for example. Yeah, you know? Agreed. Uh, so my hot takes when I first through, went through the index, sorry, just for just for my completionist opinion, because <laughs> it was my show, uh, I thought this was an army that had phenomenal freaking rules. Uh, essentially, the first four pages of this, of this book, or is it five pages? One, two, yeah, first five pages of this index are almost as good as anybody's. But then the data sheets just qu- aren't quite there. Like um, the way it plays the game and, and the strength, in, the integral strength and abilities on the data sheets don't quite shape up to there few others. There is a big disparity between it, even within the data sheets. Like there are a few data sheets that are good that you Correct. want to take Correct. all the time. Yeah, they're pale in comparison to other ones. But at the same time, the, they pale in comparison to other ones within it, the same index. 100%. Where there are some that you don't even that you look at and go. I'm not even going to entertain Correct. this because it just—it's not worth my time. Th- right now. N- there, there, the internal balance is so out of whack. Like they're so out of whack. It, it, it feels really rough. But like I said, the rules are phenomenal. Let's go into the real space raid. So we already mentioned this in passing, but at the start of the battle, uh, you gain additional one pain token for each of the following your army contains: one archon, succubus, or homunculus. So if you have all three. You get three, and you'll start the game with six in a standard 2,000-point army. Uh, how big is this? Because this allows you to really front-load an Alpha Strike a lot more judiciously. Yeah, to be honest, at, at first I was very much into starting with six, you know, and having one of each and things like that. Now I can get away with just having four. I think four right? is fine. Or five. Yeah, four or five you know is I mean? fine. I think four or five is fine. If you're doing four, then you're probably taking the Art of Pain, which is like an enhancement that gives you an additional Correct. one. Start of every command phase. If you're taking five, you don't need that enhancement as much because five kind of guarantees that you'll your chronos will kind of pop off early on to give you a few and then by the time it's like turn two you're killing stuff to generate stuff yeah, right exactly so it becomes like it sort of like has a you know the better you're doing the more you're going to get anyway so you don't really need to front load them too much um and it is to be honest it is one of the more boring detachment rules it is. <laughs> in it the is. indexes it's very like meh you know like it doesn't there's no there's not really much flavor yeah. to this detachment it's just oh you just get your army rules a little better yeah congratulations it, it, it happens, you know, it's, sure it's generated at the start of the battle and then takes no further has no further part to play in the entire game Correct. Um, it's in your yeah. army list building yep. and that's it yep. you know and in order to do it you need to take a succubus which is a, probably a model you sadly don't want to take. Unfortunately, in right now. she may be paying yeah. the uh, the was it sixty five points in ninth edition. It was criminal. <laughs> Let's just we don't even need to. No, she's at the back of the line to go. and she can take it her was, turn. She can take her turn at the back of the line. The fact it's that it. a single succubus in ninth edition could kill a thousand plus points of your opponent's army without like breaking a sweat was the most crini- criminally undercast I mean, unit. It was so we good. say that, but then in eighth edition we had the Smash Captain. Like the captain would jump back in a thunder. Sure. And I was sure. it I was, was fun when Dark Eldar had it, I was okay? fighting with that no, guy three don't times. Don't chain sword me, bro. No 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 okay? but what I'm saying is I want 
there's there's even if it was an offender, it's not like it's an outlier. We have had versions of the succubus before, the blender succubus. It's not like this is a one and only, you know, let's let's hang around to dry forever. Um, all right, jumping into these stratagems, first of which is Prey on the Weak, which is 1 CP. Happens in your shooting phase. One Cabal unit from your army and one enemy unit that is below half strength. Until the end of the phase, each time model unit makes an attack that targets the enemy unit, you can re-roll the wound roll. So just a 1 CP finisher. And in my mind, this is the, the best used when you want to turn 1 CP into a pain token because you can just spend 1 CP, finish off the unit with this one, and then uh, convert that straight over. Or it's also very useful against things like, I guess, uh, some of the bigger Death Star units that are out there at the moment. I'm thinking Aberrant, Lich Guard, things of that nature. Uh, it is a situational... Com- this is I would put this in the situational category, but situational good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you want to use it when you need to use it, right? And a lot of the times, it ends up being a Ravager shooting at, like, a knight that has That's half true. wounds yep. or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's... it's Or less than half wounds. It's, it's designed to just make sure you just kill that with the Ravager that so you can shoot at uh, something else. Like, to just uh, un... Like, de-lock the activations that you're going to need to kill that thing. You know, or if Matt... You did a couple of wounds to Magnus. Yeah. You're like, okay, now Magnus is under 50. I, I'm going to reroll wounds against Magnus just to make sure that I get the wounds in and i'm forcing you to take those saves or whatever right so it does come into play a little less with like cabalite warriors because if you are using them for strats or pain tokens you're usually either putting them in a venom which then doesn't have the cabalite keyword so you can't use yep. the strat on a venom or they're running in like a larger squad with an archon to get, and then if you put a painting on them, they're already getting reroll to wounds because the archon gives that to the unit. So then it's less impact. So really, you're only using it with like a ravager. Mm, <laughs> That's yeah. like the only time you're really going to use the strat. That is an interesting take, and yeah, don't disagree. So, um, I just had to go and check that scourges weren't cabals. I was pretty sure they weren't because they're kind of the mercenary. No, kind of they. Thing. The only thing that has Cabal are Cabalite Warriors, maybe the Court of the Archon, the Archon, and the Ravager. So, yeah. Like, there are very few things. Like, Raiders didn't get Cabal, Venoms didn't get Cabal, the Planes didn't get Cabal. They didn't actually get anything. Not Cabal, not Coven, not Witch Cult. Right? So, they, yeah. Court of the Archon is Cabal, by the way, if that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Or- well, normally they're with an Archon, so if they'll get reroll wounds with a pain token anyway. So, it's like, well, sure. <laughs> All right. What's the next strategy, mate? Uh, do not have it open. Easy. Hold on. You slacker. Yeah, just, you, if you, you just do if you, he was just gonna he was just gonna go off the cuff and he was probably gonna I be was like literally waiting for you to read all of these I, I will, and I then now. I would give you my thoughts. Yeah, I will, that works. Uh strike and fade is up next for two CP. Okay. Uh Perfect. End your strike and shooting fade. phase. One Drakkar unit from your army, excluding aircraft. Immediately next normal, normal move. End of the turn. Well, I can tell you exactly what it does once you tell me, <laughs> and I will tell you. I will even tell you the like Alex. I just didn't no, know what order they it's were. It's fine. I'll be, I'll be reading them out, mate, because you're, it's the opinions that matters. Uh, to the end of the turn, you're um, just not eligible to declare a charge and cannot um, embark within a transport, of course. So, Strike and Fade, 2 CP to move again. Um, this stratagem, for anybody who was um, big into Dark Eldar in 9th edition, has changed. It is no longer a 7-inch move. Yeah. It is a full, full move. move. And the unit that is using it doesn't have to have shot at all. It's just pick a unit at the end of the shooting phase, and they just get to move again. That means they don't have to be eligible to shoot. They can do it after coming in from Deep Strike. They can fall back and do it. There's so many. This is probably the best stratagem out of the six, in I my agree. opinion. Because this is a this is a gaming strategy. It's a bread and butter. Yes. Like the application of the stratagem involve, you know, moving and advancing a unit, starting an action, and by action I mean, you know, I think we still call them we actions, do. even though they're not technically called actions. But starting an action and then using the stratagem to get the unit into range of where they need to be to complete the action at the end of the turn. Because you don't need to be in range of the things where you need to do the actions. To start the action, you need to finish the the turn, or the trigger is when the action is completed, they just have to be in range. So you can, this stratagem is 
just a money it's absolutely I love this strategy. I think it's incredible. The T's and C's on this have only gotten better from the last edition as well. Like you said. All right, next up, acrobatic display at one CP. When your charge phase, one witch cult unit from your army, which is the target, and the effect until the end of the phase, your unit is eligible to clear a charge even if it fell back or advanced this turn. Uh, this is a great strat with the exception of the units that you use it on because I think when we talk about the data sheets that just kind of aren't there, a lot of those are, unfortunately, I think the witch cult data sheets. What are your thoughts, mate? Yes, I wish it was good. Like, it's great. You know, I wish it was at the Eldari one, which is just you pick any unit yep. to fullback shoot and charge. <laughs> yep. Like, that would just be better. Um, but the, like, okay, sure, if you're taking witches, they can fall back and charge. Yay. Reaver jet bikes, they can advance and charge. Yay. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's okay, you know, but it's not, like, you're not, you're going to be spending CP elsewhere. You're going to save your CP for a strike and fade and not 100%. really use it on this. 100%. Yeah, you're not even going to take this in your army to use it. So, let's put it down in the I can't wait till they give me a reason to use this stratagem strategy. Greatly worded. I appreciate that. Uh, next up is Alliance of Agony. This is one CP. It happens at the start of any phase. This is the target is one Archon, one Succubus, and one Homunculus from your army. So that means you have to have all three. Uh, discard one pick token from your army token pool until the end of the phase. All three of those models' units are empowered. So you discard one, but then all three of those models' units get the effect of uh, the power from pain. And then restriction is you can only use this stratagem if you are able to select all three of the targets like i said already this the t's and c's on this are terrible the effect is pretty cool this is goes hand in hand with our detachment rule is kind of meh you know what i mean like it's well if you play to the detachment rule you get to use this stratagem you know um but most of the time i don't take all three of the characters if i'm going to a serious event because I don't feel like you need to to make a like I don't want to have to spend three hundred points in characters to like make my army work. Um, so I did use it when I was building lists at the beginning and testing things out or whatever. And it's and when you have it, it's fine. You know what I mean? Sure. It but it's on a go turn. Like you have to literally go. Okay, Archon, Succubus, and Homunculus are all charging into combat, and I'm doing it all in one go right now, which is. And spending, you know, and then absolutely. But uh, until then, eh. Like, because I don't take three of a kind of the characters, I rarely use this strategy. Mm. Totally fair. That's, uh, yeah, this this might be a, a, a couple of times during this index, things will line up for you to pop this and, and make it actually feel good. But like, if you're playing yeah. with your friends go at like it. game night yeah, and it. you're taking one of each, absolutely. You know what I mean? I've got Lilith and a Homunculus and an Archon, and they're all going to like charge in or whatever. Sure, do go be my guest, have fun with it. But uh, it's, it's one of those things where you probably are not going to use the strategy. Yeah. All right, next up, Quicksilver Reactions, 1CP. When your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase just after an enemy unit has selected its targets, the target is one Drakara unit from your army that was selected as the target of one or more of those attacking units' attacks until the end of the phase. Each time attack targets that unit, subtract one from the hit roll. You cannot target a Homunculus Covens unit from your army with this stratagem because they're big and clumsy and misshapen and poorly wrought. It's, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, this one's... A minus one to hit for a CP it's is nice. not bad. It's nice. Like, you know, you just have to... The timing is important. You know, just know that uh, timing is important with the stratagem. You can use it in shooting and in combat. You know, but the the addition is so killy. And there's so many ways to get rerolls and modify dice rolls right now that its impact is less than it was in the past. However, it can, in a pinch, get you out of a pickle. And you have access to this in addition to the to the go to ground one, yeah. The um the main rule book. Yep. So that's not too bad. Yeah, which you know it's not terrible. Like if you absolutely need to try and keep yourself alive, sure. But most most of our stuff already has an impulse save anyway, so you don't really need go to ground. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's sure. All right, the last one, insensible to pain, 1CP. Use it in your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase, just after your enemy has selected its target. So it's a, another reactive one, similar to Quicksilver Reactions. This one is for Homunculus Covens units only. Uh, that was selected as a target of the attacks, and you get minus one to wound. This seems good. It is good. This one is very good. Um, sadly, the Coven units are not exactly like 
the front of the page like the old uh, ninth edition book was with all the Talos and grotesques well, and I, stuff. I still think they're okay. I think Talos are, they are, are, okay. are, pretty, are pretty tolerable yeah. for what they bring. And they're not they're one of those units that's okay. And this does make them tougher, right? I use it mainly on my racks, like racks and things like that, because it changes the math enough that your opponent has to like minus one to wound plus a four up feel no pain. Yeah. Like they it tends to force them to put more things into a unit that they thought they were gonna kill easily. And so I definitely do keep this on my back pocket. I use this one often. Yeah. I, I think it's really good. And once again, though, like I, I, I has it like you said has an asterisk over it. Same with um, acrobatic display, just because like you need a unit that's worth using CP on. And I'm not sure how many of them there are. Like you said, especially in the witch cults, I'm not sure there's any of them that are <laughs> worth spending CP on. Um, and Hamokia's Covenant, I do believe there are a couple of, of little gems in there. All right, uh, over to the enhancements. So first up is Crucible of Malediction, homunculus model only. Once per battle at the start of any shooting phase, the bearer can use this enhancement. When it does, every enemy unit within 12 must take a Battleshock test, subtracting one from that test if the bearer's unit is currently empowered. So if you've spent a pain token on them. Each time a psychic unit fails this test, it suffers D3 mortal wounds. So, you know, against T-Suns, that feels pretty good if you can get two or three units uh, in range. And of course, if you're going to be doing this in the shooting phase, you're going to be slapping down that pain token, right? Yeah, so this was the enhancement that I disregarded the first time I read the index. It didn't really seem like a big deal. But the more I've been playing, this has become my favorite from all of them. <laughs> nice! Well, so I, th I thought this was going to be middling, and maybe if you can stack another Neg 1 somewhere, this would become really good. Well, the homunculus himself has a Neg 1. Hey! You're picking up Within my breadcrumbs. You're picking up my breadcrumbs, yes. buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So the the homunculus himself has fear incarnate. So six inches within six inches of the homunculus, the enemies are at minus one to battle shock tests, and then if they're empowered when they do this, it's an additional minus one. So it's a, it, it's literally it's a, it's eight it's minus two to to battle shock tests if you're within six inches of this homunculus. Now I will say right now, it's a um, it's at the start of any shooting phase that it goes off, so you can do it in your opponent's shooting phase as well. And don't forget, you can empower your unit right before you make it happen, um, which is really cool. And it has been game-winning for me um, in two ways. Number one, it gives you like a healthy dose of pain tokens mid-game if you need like a injection of pain to like get a like a, a, a get an alpha strike or a beta strike in later in the game if you like haven't really been able to kill stuff. But more importantly, things that are bravery six go to bravery eight, which means they actually have a likely like they have a likelihood chance of failing that battleship. Dude, test absolutely on two dice. And it can be like I went to I went to when I played at the tournament this past weekend as a GT one of my favorite uses was to run it up to a unit of Lich Guard or put him in between the two blocks of Lich Guard and pop it. And then whichever one failed it, I'd send my Solitaire into to snipe the characters while they cannot, while they couldn't use stratagems yes. to resurrect them. couldn't resurrect or, and or can't interrupt as well if it's a bit of a go turn. Correct. Can't interrupt, can't resurrect. Now, it also works very well against like Custodes because they can't make themselves fight first. You know what I mean? So you can actually go in and do some damage before they hit you back. Um, so I have found this little, like, hidden away enhancement to be, like, yes, you have to see the rolls or whatever, but you'd be surprised. Like, yep. some, there was, I played against Tau, and I was like, oh, you've got six units within 12, and, like, four out of the six unit fail Battleshock test, and this was in my opponent's turn, yes. which then meant... They didn't. They weren't able to get their secondaries by hopping onto objectives, right? And then in my turn, they were all battle shocked, so I knew they couldn't use stratagems. 
right? And then I was able to pick my targets. It was so. I really like this enhancement. It is very cool. I think it's very cheeky. I like it a lot. All right, Labyrinthine Cunning is up next. Archon model only. Each time you select the bearer's unit as a target of a stratagem, roll 1d6, adding 3 to the result um, if the stratagem being rolled for is the Alliance of Agony, which is the one that requires the Succubus and the Homunculus as well. So you get your auto, get your CP back if you have those other two with you, which we've already said is not going to be that often. But on a 4+, plus, you get a CP. So every time... The barriers unit is selected regardless of what stratagem it is. You get your CP back on a 4+. plus. Uh, is this any good? The thing is, it has to be the Archon's unit. Correct. That makes it, you know, not good for me, in my opinion. Because a lot of the times, the Archon's just going to hide in a corner yeah. and wait till he uses Vect ability. Yeah. And he's not doing anything else. Because if he's a part of a unit that's in the middle of the game, he's going to just die to a Wraith Correct. or something. Correct. Like, he's or just instantly literally dead. Anything. There's no... Yeah, they like they don't survive. Um, if anything, you're giving him the art of pain, which we'll get to because you're hiding him far away in a corner. Um, and at the end of the day, if you're playing tactical cards, which is a very strong way of playing Dark Eldar, most of the time you can just discard a card for a CP anyway. So you don't even need a roll or to pay points for this. Yeah. These abilities have gone down in stock quite a lot, I believe. Um, especially seeing... Like, if it was a user stratagem for zero Correct. CP, they would be worth its waiting. Uh, that was yeah, a, I would take that every time. That's what I was about to say. That's the new version of the, the ability that we've been used to. The one that makes it use, usable for free or usable twice. The stratagem can be used again in the same phase. Uh, anyway, next up is Blood Dancer, Succubus model only. Improve the attacks and AP characteristic of the bearer's melee weapons by one, and whilst the bearer is empowered, improve them by two. This sounds pretty good, it, the, uh, but you're still not going to do it. But tell us why, mate. Well, you have to put it on the succubus, number one. Um, and secondly, it, for 15 more points, you get Lilith, which is just better. Yep. 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 You know what I mean? Like, Lilith is just... If you're going to take a succubus, just take Lilith Hesperax. She is... Amazing. Good. Yeah. For what she does, she's very good. Um However, you know, and but this is just like the poor man's version of Lilith. So I don't think you need to do that. Just take Lilith yeah. instead, to be honest. If for some reason you wanted a Lilith and a Lilith light, Lilith from Wish.com, guess you guess you could have both, but I, I don't really yeah. see the reason. There is play. You know, once the, you know, when the meta shifts as time goes by, maybe there is play of like buying 10 it's, uh, witches, splitting them into two squads of five with a Venom, and then having one five with Lilith and one five with a souped-up Blood Dancer Succubus, maybe there'll be a point in time where that becomes a thing, right? But as of now, it's cool in fun games, you know, but you're probably not going to take it in a tournament. Agreed. All right, the Art of Pain is the last one, and I think this is the best one, apart from maybe the Crucible, depending if you can line up. But this is the only one that gives you value turn after turn, regardless of what the the, the user is doing. So it is Drakari model only, so it's any character. Uh, in your command phase, if the bear is on the battlefield, you gain a, CP, you gain a pain token. I was about to say CP. You, that would be even better. But you gain a pain token. Uh, this is very good. Yep, it's excellent. It gives you five pain tokens in the game, right? So, you know, a lot of the times you can start with five pain tokens, Homunculus, Archon, and then the Strike Force, and then you, that gives you ten pain tokens. The more I used it because of my experience level, I found I didn't need it. Yep. Because I was able to make pain tokens. Sequence, sequence you're shooting, happen. your activation's enough. Correct. Yep. However, for like somebody who's learning Dark Eldar or just wants to get the most of it, it and it can go on any character, Correct. right? So, so it doesn't matter if it's a homunculus that you're hiding in the back, or the Archon, or even a Beastmaster. Like you can literally give it to any of the characters in the book, and then you just get a pain token every turn. Um, we have been somewhat remiss as we have not been telling you how many how many points these things cost. The Crucible is only ten points, which is why it's kind of my favorite because it is cheap as chips. Uh, Blood Dancer will run you twenty points. That's for the Succubus enhancement. The Archon enhancement, uh, Labyrinthine Cunning, is thirty points. Points, which uh, shows you how G-Dub is valued, that one that we didn't think was very good. And then the Art of Pain, the best one, we think is 25. Uh, but Crucible Amount of Malediction, for 10 points, just to add that spice, I like very much. I like it 
A lot. If you get the 10 points, put that onto a homunculus. Like, you do have to take a homunculus, and if you're taking a homunculus, then you're taking racks. You know what I mean? So the investment is enhancement, homunculus, racks. So you are putting a bit of points in there. It definitely snowballs. But I think it's worth it. Um, And that brings us to the end of the rules portion of this review. And, uh, yeah, so far there's a lot to like here. But now it's about to go downhill a little bit as we start talking about some of the data sheets. But there are some very good ones in here. Um, One of the great things about Drakari is that there are a lot of data sheets. So you really can pick and choose where you go. It's almost, I mean, like the the 8th and ninth edition Drakari codexes both felt like three supplements wearing a trench coat, didn't they? Yeah, it was three different armies. Yeah, and uh, but it, it oh, man, they captured the essence of the Dark Eldar so well in the Ninth Edition Codex. They really did. Like it was just, it was just very well um, designed. We mean internally, right? Externally, it was absolutely dumb. <laughs> Look, it was, it was, a, it was silly. It really yes, was. You didn't bring enough chain swords, you lose. That's just how that works. Um, but no, toward, especially towards the end of the edition, it was like in a really good spot where you could like. If you played it well, it you reaped the the dividends. Like it was really good, but it wasn't easy to pilot. Mm. Um, all right, so jumping into the data sheets, usually I'll be leaning on my expert here to take us through some of the notable data sheets that the budding archon out there might need to know about. Uh, we're going to start with a couple of the HQs, mate. Which are your go tos? My go-tos? Well, the Archon and the Homunculus, for sure. Easy done. All right. Like, they're, like, the two main ones. Um, yeah, the Archon, have, like, you kind of want to make him your Warlord to get access to his Devious Mastermind ability, which is essentially what we call colloquially as Vect, right? Which is pick an enemy stratagem, and that stratagem costs one, like, when they use it, that stratagem costs an extra command point for the rest of the game. Very powerful to have. Extremely good. He runs you 85 points um, and still comes with the Shadow Field, so a 2 plus invulnerable save until you fail it. And sometimes that means this guy is absolutely invincible, and sometimes that means someone you know shoots a bolt pistol at him, he fails it, and then the very next gun kills him. <laughs> so, yeah. um, in combat. Note to self yep. if somebody shoots you with a bolt pistol, don't. don't take it on the Shadow Correct. Field. Okay? Take it on his armor save. Yep. And then don't really start using the shadow field until he has like one wound left, and then you can start rolling to us. Correct. <laughs> that is the Archon's way of things. Um, in combat, still runs you pretty good. Hustleblade is anti infantry, three plus with five attacks hitting on twos as strength three. Doesn't matter. You should only be fighting infantry. Neg two, two damage. Pretty respectable for 85 points. Four wounds, toughness three, moves eight, nice and quick. Uh, one OC. Uh, apart from that, pretty unremarkable, except for, like you said, um, giving it Vect, giving it the extra um, pain token per turn means it generates you a lot of value while kind of holding down a backfield. Yeah, you can just keep him in the back, and he can kind of countercharge something if he needs to. You can He, he works really nicely with the, um, especially into infantry characters. He is dangerous with the amount of attacks and damage and decent AP he does. And uh, I believe if he's, if he's leading a unit, he can give them reroll wound rolls of one, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And if they're pain token, they get reroll all wound it's rolls. Pretty nice, but then it. So that's not bad. Like reroll hits, reroll wounds. You know, a uh, little expensive. We'll get to the court of the archon, but like a court with cavalites with him. You know, with all the buffs they get, actually, they're not terrible. They're just a bunch of points. We'll get to cavalites in a minute because I'm actually a big fan of cavalites. I think cavalites are. N- one of the better troop cho- battle line units in the game. When battle, when mo- just about everyone else's battle line is pretty trash and never heard of and never taken, I think Cabalites are pretty good. But all right, you mentioned the homunculus. So toughness four, five wounds, move seven, one OC, stinger pistol, pretty forgettable weapon. Uh, one shot at you know anti infantry two plus. So literally, don't sh- ever shoot at anything else. Minus one D three damage in combat. It's got five attacks. At uh, anti infantry two plus as well with precision, quite nice. Strength three minus one d three comes with feel no pain five plus while leading a unit. That unit has a four plus feel no pain, and then one enemy within six. We already said this. They are minus one from their battle shock. Only has a six up for vulnerable save, but does have to feel no pain and can only join racks. Give us the story here, dude. So he's a nice secondary character. Um, I do like him mainly because he has precision attacks in close combat, and I think that's just something. That's very, very useful. And uh, his feel no pain, he just makes racks better feel no pain. He has a good, he's one of the only things that has feel no yep. pain in the Dark Eldar book, which is good against mortal wounds. 
and he's like a chunk, the chunkiest character that we have. He's five wounds, you know what I mean? Five wounds, and and uh, all in all, he's been more reliable than a succubus, more reliable than an archon, and pretty much every case. Fantastic. Um, where do you want to go from here, from the HQs? You want to start reeling off some data sheets that you write? Yeah, we could definitely do that. Like, honorable mention, look, if you want to run, which is Lilith is the way to go, if you want to run Incubi, because they are cool, and you might have like this um, uh, legacy of wanting to relive what they could do in ninth um note to self they do not do what they did in ninth okay they've fallen from grace but if you do then drazar actually makes them be able to kill some things <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so i wouldn't go i wouldn't leave home without drazar if you're taking incubi i do agree um, with that though um incubi <sighs> So it was kind of the best models in the freaking game, but the they look so cool too. I want to take them all the time, and I don't understand why an archon cannot join. Incubi. Dude, that that, that okay. I do not get. I really like, do not get that. That's that's like yeah. I would take an incubi with an archon to give him reroll wound rolls, right? If he could lead yeah. incubi and get reroll wounds, yeah. like that would actually be okay. Yeah. But no, he can't join his like faithful mercenary bodyguards. <laughs> How? I don't understand. Yep. Like, I don't get it sometimes. I think it's hilarious and kind of sad. Uh, all right, where are we going from the HQ slot? Can we talk about Cabalites? Let's talk about Cabalites. Yeah, well, Battleline is the way to go, right? I guess uh, there's not really any HQ or Elites or things anymore. It's more like Battleline, non-Battleline. Correct. So, um, Movement 8, yeah. Toughness 3, 4-up save, OC 2, what you'd expect. Come with a variable uh, deluge of different weapons that they can take. Uh, can be given the grenades keyword if they take the Phantasm. Uh, their special rule is if you control an objective marker at the end of your command phase and this unit or any transport is embarked within it is in range of that objective marker, it remains under your control. So, they get to Sticky which is nice. They no longer go to 20 uh, models in the unit. They are capped at 10, which I think we saw... Is it no more and no less. It, yeah, it can only get 10. It's funny we saw that diversion halfway through 9th edition. Do you remember, like, the first three quarters of 9th edition, every single book came out with the ability to have 20 model units? Even Sisters. Like, Sisters, Necrons, uh, freaking everything came out with the ability to have 20 models in a unit. And then they, like, took a hard right turn at the Demon's Codex, who should have 20 model units just as much as any much much or more than everybody else and now uh the vast majority are stuck at 10 mans again or 10 models again uh tell us about cabalites why do you rate them and uh why do i also rate them oh cabalites are great number one you get all of the weapons anti-tank anti-infantry right so they have like a little bit of everything number two they have access to the grenade keyword which is like we don't really have stratagems that do a lot of stuff. Like, we have a move-again stratagem, and, like, that's about it, you know? And then, so using grenades is a great way to do damage and tank shock, like, especially against some tougher targets. And then the sticky objectives is phenomenal. Like, being able to be in a Venom or a Raider, sticky an objective, and then just move away from it. So good. It really helps with some survivability, because you can still screen... Uh, the table without having to be on an objective unless you're playing into like Gene Cults or whatever. But it also allows you to be like, oh, I'm playing against Thousand Suns. I don't need to be on any objectives, which means you don't get your reroll wound rolls. You know, things like that that can really kind of help your survivability, for example. Um, and it allows you to sort of like stick you an objective in an area of the table and move away from it and not have to like babysit the objective with stuff. Now, something that's key to know, the sticky objective rule the objectives don't change hands until the end or the beginning of a turn. So they don't flip mid-phase. Right. It used to be or at, mid -turn. It used to be at the end of any phase, or was it the start of any phase? And now it is only at the um, the top the top of turns. Correct. For sticky objectives. Which also comes in play with things like custodies, right? Because like a guardian unit can't hold the objective to get reroll wound rolls. That's right? true. So there's like some really cool synergistic stuff in terms of the game that works really well with it. But really, they just have any weapon you need at any time. Um, they're decently priced. They could go down a little bit, I guess, but they're still like they're good. And they've got a dark lance, a blaster. Like they've got all the guns you need for like any situation. 
And then you can split them with Venoms. So they synergize really well with Venoms, more than Raiders, in my opinion, because you still want to try get that MSU feel. So splitting them up and sending them all over the place to do actions, because Splinter Rifles are assault weapons. Correct. So you can actually, like, advance and do these actions and, you know, advance them and get them in a position to shoot stuff, and they're really decent in the infantry still. Like, they are an all-rounder. They're exactly what you want for, like, a troop. I, yeah, I, I like them a lot. The, the splitting and the Venom thing is just a little ace in the hole because you get to split them and have just just nobody's going in the uh, the Venom that's going to go out of the mid-board objectives turn one. Once you no, have... no, you put all the guns in the Venom, buddy. That's what I mean. You put all the nobodies on the... On, oh, you put all the nobodies... I said it was the no, wrong no, no. way around. Correct. Correct. You get you get a venom that has just it actually becomes a gunboat. It actually resembles right. a baby ravager more than it does you know uh, exactly. anything else. And it just buzzes around and be, is an absolute pain. Uh, and the then mud. firing deck. Just Correct. One pain token empowers everything, and it can deal with anti-infantry, anti-tank. Like it's yeah, venoms are fantastic it's for fan. it. It's great. All right, next starter sheet, yeah. mate. You can go anywhere you like from here. So uh, racks are okay. Um, I'd use, like I wouldn't really use too many of them. Like there is a point to be made of like taking six units of racks and then just like Ooh. doing like a mortal Ooh. wound yeah. infantry spam or like a sniper rifle spam thing. Like that is something that you could do. However, I like having one or two units mainly to feed to the enemy if I'm running out of pain tokens. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, like, to be like, I'm going to need a pain token because I need to try and get reroll hit rolls next turn. So I need you to kill that this is unit, so Drakari is, you know. AF, what you just said. That is so <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um, or to babysit the homunculus. So I, I tend to take at least one of them. Um, however, their weapons are very. Yeah, they, they don't really make an impact. They, do um, they literally okay. don't do anything. So, they don't. The pay- the data sheet I would like to focus on is the Kronos. The Kronos is a floating monster, but why don't we go through its stats real quick? Easy done. Just let me run to it, because unlike other codexes, this guy is in uh, alphabetical order. It's so funny that they did some in alphabetical order and some not. And so, yeah, just it's frustrating. All right, moving seven, toughness seven, three up save with seven wounds, OC two. Uh, comes with a spirit siphon. Um... But which is an ignores cover torrent strength five neg one one damage you know auto hit it for d6 and also a spirit vortex which can replace it with for 18 inch range at blast d6 ignores cover um, hitting on threes at five one one also um, and then in combat it's got four attacks hitting on fours at strength five no rend one damage so it is not here to do damage it can do a little bit no nope. it can do a little bit of damage it doesn't do anything um, it has the same resilience as a talus yep. feel no pain five plus right. and the aura yep. is what you want it for each time a pain token Correct. is removed from your pain token pool to empower a unit if that empowered unit is within nine of this model roll a d6 on a four plus you get that one back very good. Very good. So good. This is, I have, because it happens as soon as you remove the paint token, it's like, you don't have to use all your paint tokens and roll. You can literally do them one at a time. Yep. Correct. And Correct. the Kronos becomes such an integral part of the synergy within the army's damage output that you can have one paint token empower six shooting units yep. or seven yep. shooting units or whatever it is. And it is incredibly useful. Like, keep your Kronos alive as much as possible. The Kronos is going to be hanging around where your Ravagers Correct. and your Scourge yep. are and your Venoms are going to be, like, with all the gunboat stuff, like, early on, uh, to really kind of maximize on the damage output so you can spend pain tokens liberally at the beginning of the game and hopefully get them refunded. And, uh, and I think it is just... I used to take two... I think two is good if you're starting off and you feel like you're going to have to spread out. However, you know, the more experience you get, I think you only really need one, um, and then you can use points elsewhere. But all in all, the Kronos is my is a go-to. I would not make a list without a Kronos. Right I now. 100%. I think one of them is absolutely mandatory. And like you said, go to two if you want. If you want the if you want the double down, if you want the security, go to a second. Um, where, where are we going from here, mate? Give us at least three more data sheets and, and I, ravages. Kinda well, that was the one I was going to go next, yeah, let, you know, just... because that's, I don't think you can make, like, I think Ravagers and Scourge are the next ones, you know, just like hands down. Well, for me, it's... Let's just go into, 
a data sheet that went from hero to zero <laughs> to hero again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because they used to be babysat by a, by an archon. An archon would sit around a ravager and give it reroll wants to hit, reroll wants to wound. Right. That's just how that used to be. And they used to be disintegrated cannons. And now they've gone to dark lances, and they're sub a hundred points. That's so for good. Three dark lances. So good. They're so good for what you get. They're just, just incredibly I, good. They still die. Yeah. Very well. Fast, but I'd like to. But they're just. Good. Now that you say that, I would like to say that they have been one of the biggest beneficiaries of the increase in durability to vehicles because I used to kill these things with bolt guns. Legitimately, I would just kill them with bolt guns and or just a couple of melters, like two melter shots with uh, four rerolls to hit and reroll ones to wound. A lot of the time could just pop a freaking Ravager. Um, but going to Toughness 9 means that um, a lot of the melter out there just isn't a factor. Melter and Plasma, just it, without rerolls to wound, isn't that reliable at killing them. And I feel like, whilst, you know, Laz cannons are, are better and there are other things that did get better at killing them again um, with rerolls and stuff, they I think they benefited a lot more than some other units did. Like, like I think they benefited more from the toughest increase than Knights did. Knights are still susceptible to the same kind of stuff because it was always rerolls that was the thing that, that killed Knights more than anything else. Um, and, but, like, Ravages, they always sat at that, that point where they were pretty forgettable, pretty easy to kill if you get if you can get into them. And now at toughness nine with eleven wounds, they kind of get a little awkward for some armies. Yep, you need to like shoot the bright lances and things into them, right? But like you know, flamers and bolters and things like that, absolutely. And it means that they can be they could charge into combat more effectively and not die to like just mass attacks and things like that. So, so I do like their versatility. They're still pretty fast. Like the changes to fly in general really sucked for like Dark Eldar because you can't really fly over buildings and, you know, get like ultimate line of sight on everything and pretend the terrain isn't there. Like you have to go around things and stuff now. My heart bleeds. Uh, which my heart bleeds bad. for you, mate. Like, you know, where's my violin? Where is my violin? <laughs> I want to be able to ignore most of the rules uh... of the game, please. Uh, okay, I want to just fly up and stage and then table my opponent turn. Computer two. That's just says what I want to do. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but let's just say the Ravager is like an iconic Drukari model. And it's really cool that, like, and okay, to all of you that loved Drukari in 9th edition, they were very cool. But now the army is more faithful to the mechanics of Drukari and Dark Eldar before the in the beginning times like it feels more like a classic dark eldar now again yeah the the flotilla is back um yeah all right exactly on to scourges which i very much do rate movement 14 toughness 3 4 plus save is not very impressive they will die if they get seen but they have a great way of not being seen which is their special rule winged strike in your shooting phase after this unit has shot if it is not within engaged range of any enemy units it can make a normal move up to six inches if it does until the end of the turn it's not eligible to clear a charge so they have inbuilt fire and fade strike and fade whatever the hell you want so they they pop out from a wall shoot 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 pop back behind the wall uh very susceptible very susceptible to indirect fire which i think is one of the uh, biggest downsides here because like any desolator and his mate will just knock five i of think these dark guys elder in general do not like adeline fire that's just like a thing because they just do not like being shot but these guys are very good um do you like them most with the either i've seen them with the haywires or the or the um the lances most often what are your preferences uh, dark lances are my preference, uh, mainly because you can use range to your advantage with a dark lance, and you don't have to be anywhere near to the enemy whatsoever. You can be super far away. Um, also, if you ever run into desos or night spinners, like deep strike these 100%. guys, like they should not be on the table. Which is a rule that they, they have do deep have. strike as a Correct. rule. Yeah, so they should. They you should be able to shoot with them before the enemy gets to shoot you. And they have a five-up invul save, so don't forget their invulnerable save is better than your average invul. It's nice. Yeah, I do like it. They also have the grenade keyword as well, which is something people forget. You can't put these guys in a transport at all, can you? Nope. Yep. I figured. It would have been nice. Yep. Yeah, it would have been cool. You know what I mean? I do like the fact that they can deep strike, shoot, and then, and then use scoot. their strike yeah. and fade move, yep. which is really good for like scoring objectives, 
um, like taking away a primary point from your opponent that didn't screen properly or uh, or just dropping down, shooting, and hiding behind a wall, right? And making sure you drop down near your Kronos to get the the pain tokens and things like that, right? Yeah. They are one of the most versatile units. I think even in if you're running them in Inari, for example, like in an Eldar Inari, you can even build them to be really good with like a bunch of splinter cannons and then use like a shuriken fire or whatever it's called. What's the name of that stratagem? Anyway, so they can be used in other books too. Correct. They are yep. a very versatile data sheet mm-hmm. and they're probably one of the best data sheets we have. I agree. Um, I have one to take us to, which is my actual favorite unit in this whole book. And that's Mandrakes. So mm, I'm glad you brought them up, buddy. There, I love there is a term that I am coining right here, right now, that I've had knocking about in my head, and it's called card potential. There are units, we used to call them action monkeys in years gone by. Monkeys, because, yep. But that was when you knew exactly what they needed to do every turn. Every turn they needed to be able to do this objective, on the, so this action on this objective, etc., etc. Your secondaries were built, you knew what their purpose was. Now you don't know, because a lot of the time you're going to be ripping cards off the top of your deck, so you need to have card potential units. Units that, no matter what you rip off the top, you have the ability to score. And Mandrakes, I think, are one of the best versions of that in the freaking game, and I'll tell you why right now. Movement 8, Toughness three. Who gives us? Who, who gives us stuff about any of that? None of that matters. Their range weapon is kind of cute. It's got assault and devastating wounds. Eighteen inches is quite short, but it is two shots at strength five. Uh, sorry, strength five and no uh, rend one damage. But the devil wounds is what you're doing it for. And in combat, they've got three attacks with the same profile, but no devil wounds. Uh, they have infiltrators and stealth. That's a great combination of keywords right there. And then they have Fade Away as their ability. At the end of your opponent's turn, if this unit is not within engagement range, uh, you can remove it from the freaking battlefield and then reinforce some steps of your next phase. Set it up anywhere in the battlefield that's more than nine inches away. Um, So every single turn, just about, if you have these guys, they should be going back into reserve. You pull your cards, you put them down, you score your cards. End of your opponent's next turn, if they're still alive, you put them back in the sky, back into deep strike pull your cards put them on the battlefield score your cards they are well, chef freaking kiss with a five up invulnerable save just because i forgot to mention it mate do you do you, uh, do you feel the same way i take uh 15 of them in uh, every list right now at least well 10 to 15 so two to three squads they are money and i find that the longer they stay alive the more likely i am to win the game. i am of the opinion that they are the first thing I want to kill of my opponent's army. Because, yeah, sure, Ravagers might be blowing me up, but there's only a handful of cards that Ravagers, that Ravagers can pull off the top and get you points for, for scoring, you know, bring it down, stuff like that. Whereas Mandrakes can score you every single... Unless I am on the objective they need to be on, every single other one that requires you to be a place and do a thing, they can pretty much score you. And they are extremely good, man. How many points? They are very, How very good. Points? I love them. They're 70, 70 points for five. Ah, incredible. So, so they're, yeah. Like, they don't, okay, don't get me wrong. They don't hold up, like, in damage potential to something like flayed ones. That's that are the fair. same amount of points. Yeah, that's fair. And flayed ones will go in and wipe out, like, 20 neophytes, like, genes are called neophytes in a single combat phase. Whereas these mandrakes will not do that. They will not. No. <laughs> yeah, they will not. But they will score you a ton of points. Now, they are really good with Infiltrate. You can put some pressure on your opponent if you need, etc. However, most of the time, I would put them away in the back and hide them and just have them score as many points as possible for the course of the game. I 100% agree. I think, yeah, I love them so much. I think they're great. Um, All right, did you have one more data sheet for us before we wrap this up? The data sheet that I wanted to uh, bring up is a Reaver Jet Bike. I think they're a... um, they are a good, fast-moving point scorer that you can use. Give them a heat lance, and uh, so they have they have assault weapons. Uh, they have one of the fastest things we have in the book, and they're one of the best things to use for actions early on in the game, and or scoring like cards. Basically, they're another card scorer. They just do it differently than the mandrakes, and they uh, and they have access to like advance and charge if you need to like tie stuff up. Or, or move block things a lot faster than Mandrakes can. Well, so they move 16, toughness 4, 2 wounds, 2 OC. So OC 6 just on a 3, uh, on 3 bikers. That's not bad. You can you can go take some stuff away. They've got enough, like, they've got enough 
bits and pieces going on that it's not unusual for three of them with a with a pain token to kill two or three space marines and therefore you know take an objective away stuff like that um and each time they end this move this is a special rule um you can select one enemy unit so it's a normal move only excluding monsters or vehicles that they moved over if you do roll a dc for each model unit on each four plus they suffer a mortal wound so you know let's say i've got five whatever's five whatever space marines five people traders on an objective they're only going to say one anyway but who cares so you already take the objective you're visiting flyby you get two four pluses out of three dice you kill one your blaster pops off you kill another one you charge in and uh with your agonizer and your blade veins you kill another one good job yep. good returns funnily enough yeah there's like they're they're okay they're only five points more than a squad of mandrakes you know they they have a heat lance they can do mortal wounds like in movement like and they're fast so that is another one that is, you know, if you have some points to add some in, I would try and add one or two squads in. I like them. I, I think they're fine. Um, and on that note, we will wrap this up, man. We just ticked exactly ticked over an hour then, so perfect. Um, where do you think Drakari lie in the competitive lexicon? And if you were to rate how happy you are as Drakari general with this index, what would you give it out of 10? So me as a faction expert i do like a lot of the dynamics in the book i think that uh, so far i've been able to test a variety of different builds and i'm still finding fun ways to like mix things you know i'm going to a tournament tomorrow i'm taking four aircraft love it (laughs) right so i'm like i'm just trying some wacky stuff but from the average archon I'm a little disappointed that it has such a soft floor, if that makes sense. It does. Like, before you could probably take, like, Grotesques and Talos and build, like, a bit of a core that would, like, give you a little bit of a cushion into tougher matchups, but it just isn't a thing nowadays. So if you make mistakes, like, you're just going to lose. And it's very hard to have, like, something to fall back on that's got that toughness yeah. to fall back on when you when you're like things go awry in the middle of a game which makes it very hard to play now if you have the um if you have the sort of like mental tenacity to like brush yourself off and try again it will reward you greatly like a high skill cap like the better you get with this the more you will do well with it right um, however, I do feel that it's not easy to pilot, and that can put people off. I feel like it's extremely unforgiving, like phenomenally unforgiving. You will go from feeling like you're playing well to being tabled in like a, a one turn versus some of the uh, more powerful armies in the game. And like you said, there is there is zero durability on any of the units that are worth taking. Like the, the literal most durable thing you got is a toughness nine eleven wound ravager, and. and as far as tanks go, it's not very tough. <laughs> it's just better against a small arms fire than it, than it, than it ever has been. Uh, and yeah, I, I do think there is... Uh, see, it's almost like I want to say Drakari will lose better in some situations than many others versus top armies in the right hands. Like, they've got the scoring potential is still so high, but none of that stuff turns into wins. Like, that, that does, still doesn't give you the agency to win in losing matchups. It's, uh, it's, it's quite frustrating in some, in some manner. I put the. Well, well you know, I, I have. Look, you know, this is a. We're playing a beta version of the game yeah. as it stands right now. The top armies of the game are playing their own version of the game that it doesn't really involve. 80% of the armies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, like, but when you put Dark Eldar into anything else that isn't, like, the top four... They have a game. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they play well into pretty much everything except for Incarn, Wraith Knight, D-Cannon, Night Spinner, like, Eldar, you know, or Genes to the Cult. But who doesn't? They're just, they're just dumb right now. You know what I mean? Easy done. On that note, mate, we will wrap this up. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise. We're going to go over and report and uh, record, rather report, uh, record part two for your loving and my uh, dutiful patrons. Hopefully you'll join us there to come over to Art of War that under um, Patreon and get that juicy part two. But it is time for this scarred one to plug his wares. (gasps) 
plug my wares. Yeah, well, if you like what I do, best place to find me is on YouTube at ScarredCast. I do YouTube videos and tactical things and tournament reviews. Sometimes I even play Necrons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so check that out there. Of course, the links to all social media are on there. And uh, you, if you just want to come over, say hi. Uh, that'd be awesome fantastic mate thank you so much again for coming on we will see you over at part two hopefully if not take care look after each other and we'll see you next week thank you for listening to art of war down under a content review podcast for warhammer 40k Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.